What's up, everybody? My name is Kelsey Lowe, and you are listening to Joyfully You Podcast. What's up, everybody? Happy New Year. Um, I haven't been on Facebook Live in a while, and I honestly, I miss you guys. I miss what's been going on, and I want to bring you into my world a little bit, kind of share what's been going on in my life, and also how you guys can be a part of it. So there's one question that comes up a lot. I've had a lot of people message me and ask how I started traveling and like what that process looked like. And for me, like traveling started with teaching English. So, I mean, there's there's quite a bit of a backstory. It wasn't like I just woke up and all of a sudden was like, yes, I'm gonna leave the United States and go teach English in another country. <laughs> there was a lot of things that led up to it. And to be honest, uh, the things that led up to it was not very graceful, meaning I was really uncomfortable in my job. I was really unhappy with certain things in my life. I was in a relationship that was like toxic. It was a straight toxic relationship. And when I use the word toxic, I mean, it was very unhealthy to the point of, you know, me losing sense of who I even was. I was like, who is Kelsey right now? Because I was like doing things. I was acting in certain ways that I didn't even recognize myself. I was pushing away friends and I just knew something had to change. And I felt my soul calling me towards travel. So I actually used a website called Language Corps. And I just looked it up to make sure because this was in 2014. It's now 2020. So holy crap, six years ago. Oh, that's so weird. Whoa, six years ago. So um, I, I, used the app, I used the website called Language Corps where I told them I wanted Spanish and I wanted beach. And that was the only two things. And they were like, well, there's Argentina, there's these different places. And we narrowed it down to Costa Rica. So literally like me choosing to move to Costa Rica happened because I wanted those two things. I wanted tropical and I wanted beach. What's up, guys? If you're watching on the replay, comment where you're watching from because a lot of you guys I've met while traveling, which is pretty cool. I think half of a lot of my friends here on online are through you know Instagram or through meeting people here in my hometown of Visalia, California, or um, through traveling. Or I've met you in some way, or maybe living in San Diego. So comment where you're watching from. I'm always curious to see. So it was kind of a I don't want to say a fluke. But because it's not, it, it was very intentional. I wanted Spanish, I wanted tropical, that led to Costa Rica. So, what that process looked like to start teaching at that point, I already did have my bachelor's degree, but there's a lot of schools that you can teach at that do not require a bachelor's degree. Um, but what I did was I did a uh, four week intensive. What's up, Chuck? I did a four week intensive TEFL course. So anyone that teaches English abroad has a TEFL or a TESOL certificate. And TEFL stands for teach English as a foreign language. And so even if you've been a teacher before, you need to get your TEFL or your TESOL certificate if you wanna teach in another country because the way in which you teach is totally different. It's actually a very interesting process. It is kind of an intensive process. So I, I went through Language Corps. Language Corps connected me to Maximo Nivelle. 
And Maximo Nivelle was where I got my one-month certificate to teach English as a foreign language, also known as the TEFL. And from there, they actually had schools in Costa... They still do. Costa Rica... Uh, Guatemala and Peru. And I felt comfortable with this company. I did my one month certificate with them. It costs about $1,600 for the one month certificate to teach English as a foreign language. It was going to be like 23 or something. So I'll be totally honest. Like when I first arrived in Costa Rica to work with Maximo Nivelle, what's up, Kayla? Hi, babe. Good to see you. Um, you know, I, I, I found an apartment so easily just within a couple days of being in Costa Rica. I was supposed to stay in a homestay, but I had saved up money and I like walked into the homestay and the homestay was like not, didn't feel comfortable to me. And so I was like, you know, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay here for a month. And so I like looked around for, I just started asking people in this small town in Costa Rica, you know, do you know of any apartments? Do you know of any apartments? And keep in mind at that point, like I knew how to say like basic verbs that college taught me, but I didn't actually know how to speak Spanish. Um, and so I got my certificate to teach English. I finished the one month course and I held it in my heart and in my mind that I was going to get a job in Costa Rica near the beach because everyone told me you can't work on the beach in Costa Rica. There's not enough jobs. And I figured it out. I was able to get a job. Um, it was a part-time job. It was like very minimal, but it, it worked. And so what I did after that was I was able to, I went home. So like, keep in mind, every time I've left the country and come back, I, I'm blessed to have family that allows me to come back and like stay with them. What's up, Ted? How's it going? Um, and so I would leave the country for like, say, four, five, six months, and then I'd come back. And the way that it works in most of like Central and South America places, you have a 90-day visa. If you're flying and you're coming from the U.S., most countries you get a 90-day visa. And when that 90 days is up, you need to leave the country in order to get your passport stamped so you can re-enter the country. Not all places you can just leave and, and come back in, but most of Central and South America you can. So when I worked, so I, then later I worked in Guatemala, in Antigua, Guatemala, teaching English. I worked at Maximo Nivel. Um, I taught adults. And the cool thing about the school that I worked for, it's two hours early in the morning and four hours in the evening. So you're working before and after people's normal work schedule. So lifestyle wise for me as a teacher, it was freaking awesome because I'd work in the morning and then I'd have the whole midday off and then I'd work in the evening. So that's, you know, that's, that's one way of doing it if you're working for a school that's adults, but if you're wanting to teach children, which I think there's a lot more teaching opportunities for teaching children, but what I was attracted to was working with adults. Like I didn't really want to work with kids. Um, and it's available. So literally if you want to travel and you like teaching and you want to use that as like to open the doors into living and working abroad, you can do it. And like, if you're afraid of like selling your shit and actually like making it happen, um, it's a process, you know, like I dreamed about doing that for such a long time before I actually did it. And I'm actually like in the process right now. Um, I realized what's up, Jared. Hell yeah. Good to see you. I realized, um, I'm not done traveling. I thought that like, I kind of got it out of my system with certain things, but like with backpacking or just doing random trips, or I was trying to figure out a way to not get rid of my house, not get rid of my car, still be able to travel. And I realized, uh, I want to go back to Mexico. Um, so I went there last week for like a one week 
a one week trip by myself. And I didn't know what I was looking for. I just knew I, I needed it. And when I got there, it was almost like, it was like the aha moment of like, oh, oh, I'm being called to backpack. I've been creating a online coaching business circled around self-love and empowerment for the past two and a half years. And my goal has always been to have it be online so I can live anywhere. And it was kind of this moment of realization of, oh shit, this is exactly what I want to be doing. This is my dream. This is exactly what I was working to create. And just in the process of it, I kind of forgot. I forgot like how much I loved like being in hostels and being around people from all over the world. And like, it's almost like a continuing your education in a way. Um, and so I made the decision that I was like, all right, I don't care. I don't care that I am 28, that I'm single, that like all these different things that I, I know that there's a societal pressure or like, you know, there's things that are expectations and like, I happily don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just so fucking excited to, um, to like be back, like with my backpack, I'm going to be working remotely with my laptop, um, and still being able to do everything that I'm doing now, except being in a foreign country. And so for the first half of next year, this year, it's so weird. It's this year. It's 2020. What the heck? So first half of this year, I'm going to be, um, traveling through the South of Mexico. What's up, Danny? Traveling through the South of Mexico. My, my, I guess, responsibilities over the next 30 days, um, is, uh, is to be able to go where I want to go, right? Or I'm sorry. I got distracted. Someone started calling me. Um, my, over the next 30 days, I need to sell my car. I've already put in the 30 day notice of my apartment. Um, mentally I've kind of been like getting rid of my stuff. I know this sounds so strange, but I feel like I've already gotten rid of my stuff mentally. So now like the time to actually do it, I don't feel attached to it. Um, luckily my family is going to let me store some clothes there, but I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. I don't feel a sense of security from my stuff the way that I used to. I am so excited to live out of my backpack and my laptop and do the digital nomad thing. It's like a dream that I've, that I've always had. It's something I've always wanted to do. What's up guys? How's it going? Um, and I've seen like proof. And I think that that's what like going to Mexico a couple weeks ago gave me so much proof of other people. I met multiple people that are working, they have an online business or they do side work, whatever, while also traveling. And so I, thanks for the hearts, Kayla. I freaking love you. What's up guys? What's up, Jaime? Um, and so traveling looks different for different people. I do speak Spanish and a big part of my 2020 goals is to be fluent in Spanish at the end of the year and to have an entire tribe of empowered women that are creating like a ripple effect of empowerment for all of their inner circles. And so I have an online coaching program called Glow and that's a self-love mastermind. And it's a six month program because we really dive deep into clearing out some of those energetic blocks because there's patterns that will keep like cycling. And so notice within yourself, like if you have patterns that keep coming coming up, that's powerful insight to be able to look at, to see, huh, is there like a mental program that I keep repeating that I actually would like to move and shift out of? And a lot of like shifting and transformation or growth, or just simply like changing certain habits and ways of being 
happens so much faster when one, you have someone to guide you through the process. And two, when you have like like-minded people around you to be a part of it with, so you're not like out on your own. So it, that's like my intention for this next year is to be fluent in Spanish, to continue growing glow, um, and to be able to support you guys even more because the more I, I connect with other people around the world, the more perspective I have on things. I feel like it, it strengthens like my ability to be mindful because it makes me even more tolerant of differences because there's nothing that's right or wrong. It's just our interpretations of what we've been told is right or wrong. Does that make sense? And so anytime you are bothered by something or triggered by something, it's because it is something inside of you is signaling that it's not right or it's wrong. And I invite you to like question where that came from. Cause that's one thing that traveling has taught me. That's literally like changed my life from traveling is being around a whole bunch of people that have completely different views than you and being willing to just like approach it all with curiosity. Honestly, that in and of itself is so powerful with connecting with other people is approaching things with curiosity versus judgment or wanting to be right or wanting to prove yourself or wanting to show people, you know, I mean, I, I experienced this for so long as I was so excited with my lifestyle when I first started traveling and I was so excited about, you know, empowerment and self-love and learning about like all these different things that, it's almost like if you go see a movie and you like that movie so much, you want everyone to see that movie, right? So you're, you're shouting it from the rooftops. Well, that's what I was doing about travel. And it would like rub people the wrong way because they didn't believe it was available to them. So instead of getting inspired to plan a trip, people would get jealous and annoyed. And so notice within yourself, anytime you are getting jealous or annoyed, Notice if it's because you believe something's unavailable to you or notice if the person who's annoying you is reminding you of someone else, maybe someone that you've seen or someone that you used to be because everyone is a reflection of us. It's true. Everyone is a reflection of, of things we, of like, for instance, if you see someone, I just had a conversation with someone about this today. If someone is uh, not drinking and they tell you they're not drinking. Naturally, you want to start sharing your experience with your relationship with alcohol. Or if you see, or if some, one of your coworkers or someone in your family starts eating healthy, all of a sudden you start thinking about your own health and like food choices or whatever. And so we all are this big mirror for each other. So we can easily hurt each other without even knowing just by living your own life. And the important thing to remember is that has nothing to do with you. If someone's getting triggered because you want to travel or someone's getting triggered because you're doing something to live your own life, that's on them because there's something within you that is alerting them, that's making them feel it's not available, that they're jealous or whatever else. So the more accepting you are of other people and the differences around you, the more accepting you'll be of yourself when you are being different, when you are like those sides of yourself that it's hard to love. It's like when you love on those sides of yourself, it's easier to accept other people in their differences as well. And if you do want to be traveling, if you do want to go, you know, if, if, if traveling is one of your goals for 2020, be willing to not be right 
be willing to be curious. What's up, Kim? And be willing to, to accept differences as truths because there's a truth and then there's the truth and you have a truth, right? You have a truth of what you believe life is about, your truth of what you believe about the United States, about you have a truth that is true to your perspective of a girl like me moving to Mexico. You know, everyone has their perspectives on what is the right way of what is supposed to be. But it's all just our own personal interpretations of life. There's no actual right or wrong. There can be positive or negative, but there isn't going to be a right or a wrong. And so that's one thing that teaching English, traveling the world, being around other people in other cultures, it, you, you naturally do gain a respect for the differences. But I hope this video is helpful in, in talking about teaching English. Again, you know, I went through Language Corps. They connected me with a school. That school is Maximo Novell. But if you go through Language Corps, they will connect you with any school if you're wanting to do long-term teaching. Um, if you're wanting to do shorter travel trips, for any women in the community, if you're watching, uh, the next self-love retreat, this is actually a little, a little sneak peek because I haven't even announced this on Instagram. I haven't announced this um, to my email list. I haven't announced this to hardly anyone, actually. Um, what's up, Rick? Happy New Year. So the next self-love retreat is May 25th to May 30th. So it is a five-day self-love retreat in Puerto Viejo, uh, Costa Rica. I don't know why it was hard for me to say that right now. Puerto Viejo, um, which is the Caribbean side of Costa Rica. And so if any of you guys watched some of the stuff from self-love retreats earlier last year, uh, it is the same town. It's one of my favorite places in Costa Rica. What's up, Joanne? So if you are feeling called to travel this year, um, if you're not wanting to do a full long-term teach English in another country and like move, that's totally cool. There's still so many benefits from going somewhere for even one week. And so if you're feeling called to do a retreat, do something that's going to deepen your connection within yourself. Uh, the next self-love retreat is May 25th to the 30th. And so go ahead and comment if you want information on that. That's right, Kayla. I know I, I this is, I'm, this is the first time I'm actually talking about the self-love retreat, um, anywhere. So Facebook's getting a sneak peek, a little special preview of what's to come. Um, and I'm really excited to be partnering with my friend Tish. Actually, I'm going to add her right now. Let's just see who knows, maybe she'll be able to join, um, with my friend Tish and she is incredible. She teaches sound healing and she's going to be, uh, joining me on the retreat and leading it with me. And so that's really exciting. So if you're feeling called to travel and you don't really have plans just yet, that is a option, a possibility. Uh, if you want to be joining us, you already know I want all the details. Kayla, babe, you know I'm going to be giving you the details and you're already a part of the tribe. So you know I have a little something special for you, girl. Um, Joanne, I think you should come to our self-love retreat, okay? I haven't seen you in a while. Um, and I would love to be able to have you be in ceremony with us. And that's something that's really cool is a big part of, of uh, the self-love retreats is being in ceremony. And what that means is doing things in a routine that has strong intentions. And so we'll have evening ceremonies that are going to be associated with the different elements and using Mother Nature to ground us in our intentions for who we are, our intentions for the ripple effect we want to have on the world. But most important 
our intentions with the relationship we have with ourself and how we can embody self-love. So that's actually the name of the retreat, self-love embodied, because it's so much, it's all about getting out of our head, getting into our body and being able to feel the energy move through us. So it doesn't get stuck and stagnant within us. Okay. We, we, we need to get better at letting things pass through emotions, experiences, taking things in from other people, but not letting it get stagnant and stuck. Because when those experiences, what's up, Annabelle? When those experiences that maybe are negative get stuck within us, it's almost like the record stops and a repeat button is hit. So it's like a loop. And all of a sudden we're thinking about the same negative thing and then it manifests into shitty things. Or if you're focused on something that's not going well, you're going to get more proof of other things that are not going well. So the Costa Rica retreat, May 25th to the 30th, self-love embodied. Ooh, this is really pretty. Like the sun rays are like coming through the crystal. Um, self-love embodied, it allows us to move some of that energy. So you don't have to rationally think about it. You're going to be getting sound baths. You're going to be getting massages. We're going to be on the beach. We're going to be in a retreat center. It's all vegan food because we will honor your body as a vessel like you've never honored it before. And it's insane, like the energy you have and how you feel physically when you're eating such clean food, being around such clean air. Like Costa Rica is so healing in and of itself. Like even if you don't go on my self-love retreat, but you want to go to Costa Rica, do it. It is like the most healing, rejuvenating thing for mind, body, spirit, all of it. Like I highly recommend, like even if you don't travel with me and you want to travel, do it. And you guys know that I, so I have a group coaching program that's for women, but I also do private coaching. And so I've lately had a lot of guys reach out that are like, Hey, like I know you coach women, but there's also a lot of us dudes over here that don't really have support that we're looking for in our own emotional capacity. Right? Cause Guys, I know you got emotions too. And so I just want to let you guys know that is available. If you guys are wanting coaching that you know you can do it, right? I know you can do it. You know you can do it. You can get from point A to point B. But how long is it going to take you to get there? Is it going to take you a year? Because we could probably do it in three months, depending what it is. Whenever we have a sense of accountability and we have other people around us and, and we have other people on our team, then it makes it a lot easier to continue committing to yourself to continue showing up for you. Um, and simply having like that accountability of having a one-on-one coach. Oh man, it's life-changing. And so know that like, I have a coach too. I have freaking two coaches. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't create an entire lifestyle and business around this type of work if I didn't believe in it through and through. So you guys can be able to send me messages on Facebook here. You guys can be able to comment, whatever it is. Know that I am here and available and I freaking love pulling people forward. You know, y- you already are freaking amazing. I just want to hold up a mirror so you can see what the world sees. Because oftentimes like we'll get these stories in our head of who we are or what people will think or what we think we should be doing. That's the big one. What we think we should be doing, right? Put a one in the comment box if you've ever done something because you felt like you should. I'm a freaking write a one in the comment box right now because it's really easy to be a people pleaser to the people around you. One, 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 baby. Put a one in the comment box if you've ever done something because you feel like you should do it. But then later realizing, wait a minute, 
That's not what I actually want. And you know, a lot of the times these feelings of, oh, I should do this. Sometimes that voice is our highest self, right? You know, if we have, if it's like cleaning, it's like, oh, I should clean. Then it's like, yeah, because we know if we clean, we're going to feel better. Or if it's something like, it's not good to shit on yourself. Amen, Joanne. We got to stop shooting on ourselves. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Should, should, should. Like, it's all coming from a sense of obligation and discipline, right? Where it feels like we have a parent lingering over us being like, you should do that. And so a big part of empowering yourself is learning how to reparent yourself. Bree, my baby love, I love you too. So good to see your name and your face. I want to give you a big old hug. Um, so learning how to reparent ourself and part of that, of like being committed for 2020 to whatever your vision is for your life is knowing how you respond to discipline. This is really important. Okay. How you respond to discipline on a day to day basis. Like if you're having that inner dialogue and that inner critic being like, Oh, you suck. You should be doing this. You should be doing that first investigate where that's coming from. Okay says who, right? Maybe it's your mom that tells you you should be doing it. Maybe it's just like your own inner critic telling you should be doing it. Um, and then ask yourself, you know, how did I respond to discipline when I was a child? Because most of the time we are responding to discipline the exact same. We are responding to discipline as an adult, the exact same way we responded to discipline as a child. So when I was younger, the way I responded to discipline was I would shut down. I would get sad. I would beat myself up. Like I didn't need my parents to yell at me to like get me to do things like one yell. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm the worst daughter. I suck. Like, I just want you to love me. I'm just going to go eat my feelings now. Like that's how I respond to discipline. So I know that if I'm ever like in a down mood and I'm feeling like heavy emotionally and I'm just like in my head and I'm upset and I'm, or I'm eating shit food. I know that that's a cue for, Ooh, am I trying to avoid like my responsibilities right now? Because this is how I used to act when I got in trouble as a child. And so we learn to notice that because once you notice that it's not going to help to beat yourself more, it, you can't beat yourself into self-love. Like you can't do that. You can't beat yourself into empowerment because that's coming from a disempowered state. But what you can do is learn to self forgive because when you notice those moments, like, Oh gosh, like I haven't really been making myself proud lately. Be willing to forgive yourself for what was so you can make space for what you want to create. And so that first step of being like, okay, I'm willing to go easy on myself. And a way to make this a little bit easier is imagine like the five-year-old version of you standing right in front of you. If the five-year-old version of you was standing in front of you, you wouldn't be like, oh, you stupid idiot. Why aren't you doing X, Y, and Z? Oh, why did you say that to him? Why did you say that to her? What the heck? Like you would not talk to a five-year-old child like that. You would, you, especially one that you just met. Like I get it if you're a kid, if you're a parent and it's like easy to yell at your kids because you're with them every single day, every single hour. But I'm talking about if you were to meet a kid for the first time, you would just be like, hey, what's up, dude? Oh, hey. Like you'd be super nice and cordial and like encouraging. So you need to start treating yourself the way you would treat your inner child because that is where empowerment happens. 
When it's like, when you can be willing to look at yourself with that level of like love and tenderness, and you can be able to use it as like a visualization technique, visualize meeting your younger self and telling your younger self the things that you need to hear in this moment. And I promise you'll feel better. You'll probably cry and knowing that crying and like letting yourself actually feel those things is release. So it's almost like if you let yourself cry and it's like, where the F is this coming from? I have no idea why I'm feeling like this. Don't shit on yourself in that moment of being like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling all sad. When you stop questioning your emotions and instead let them wash through you and pass through you, it's easier to let them go because then like you guys, you have no idea how much I've cried over the past 30 days, so much crying. And sometimes it would be like happy tears, sad tears. Like, I don't know what the fuck is going on tears, but I know, I knew that that was like stored, like resentment that was like stored pain. That was stored things within my body that I hadn't let myself feel before. And so now was the time to feel it. Sometimes we're not able to process and feel things in the moment. So that gets stored in our body so we can feel it later. And that's okay. Because there's, there's nothing that's not okay. It's just the judgment of other people or the judgment of yourself that has somehow told you it's not okay. So then the moment a tear starts to come up, the moment you start to get choked up, all of a sudden those inner critic voices start coming in where it's like, oh, why are you feeling like this? You should be happy. For a long time, I had the identity of being the happy friend where I didn't know how to handle being emotional. So I would hide and isolate because in my mind, I'm like, my friends know me to be the happy one. So who the fuck am I if I'm the sad one? And that is like when we start boxing ourselves in and you're too freaking amazing to be all in a box. That's why it's uncomfortable. We got to break free from that box. Question everything. Be like, oh, interesting. I'm feeling like this. I like to make it like a movie. Step back and like observe yourself as if you were outside of yourself and be like, huh, interesting. Like hearing that song just sent you into tears. What did that song remind you of? Who did it remind you of? And are you willing to let whatever you're feeling be okay? Because here's the thing is if you don't let it like pass through you and let yourself have like a hard cry, like even if you have no idea where it's coming from, it's like, (laughs) you let it out. If you truly let it out, you'll feel so much fucking better. You will feel so much lighter and then you can move on. I think that there's a lot of fear around emotions that, oh, if I start crying, I'll never be able to stop. Or, oh, I don't want to be sad. Like the whole thing of being stuck in your feelings is because you won't let you f- let yourself feel your feelings. If, if I've noticed in the past times where I'm like, okay, I just don't want to cry about that right now. My philosophy on everything, and it has really supported me, is if I don't feel it now, I'm going to feel it later. If I don't feel it now, I'm going to feel it later. So I'm going to let myself be angry for a minute. I'm going to let myself scream in a pillow for a minute. I'm going to let myself dance. I'm going to let myself cry. Like we wouldn't have a huge spectrum of of emotions if we weren't designed to experience them. There are no good emotions and bad emotions. There are just comfortable emotions and uncomfortable emotions. And so notice where you're at in that emotional scale. I don't know why I go like this. That's a real thing. The emotional scale. If you want to move up in the emotional scale, you guys ready? So funny. This video started off as a travel video. (laughs) I can't help it. So if you want to shift your current state from 
being maybe in a lower uh, emotional state or let's say an uncomfortable emotional state that you don't really like. You want to move up on the emotional scale. You want to feel a little bit better. First things first, release. Notice how you're feeling. Check in with yourself. Okay. It's like, okay, can I describe what it is I'm feeling? Because there's studies that show if you're able to describe what it is that you're feeling, where in your body you're feeling it, to de- like with detail, like the more detail you can use to describe it, the actual the better you are at shifting out of it. It's almost like if we were to go on a road trip and everyone watching, I'd be like, "All right, everyone, let's all go to Vegas." <laughs> we're all coming from different places. Our starting points completely different. So I can't give you directions. You have to create your directions because only you know where you are. So if we're trying to get directions from other people, but they don't even know where we are, we, they can't give us a starting point. You can't create a starting point for yourself. So if you know where you are, it's easier to start creating the map of where you want to go. So the next part is, is once you know what it is that you're feeling, naturally our brain wants to know why. That's the next thing. It's like, well, wait, why am I feeling like this? Oh, I'm feeling like this because of this. I'm feeling like this because of this. If you don't know why you're feeling it, that's a different question. If you don't know why you're feeling it, do something that's pleasing to yourself. Meaning maybe it's an essential oil. Maybe it's going for a walk. Maybe it's turning your phone off for 10 minutes. Maybe it's listening to your favorite meditation track. Maybe it is calling a friend that always cheers you up. Like interrupt whatever it is that you are doing to do something different and make sure it involves a physical movement of your body as well. So that's if you don't know. But if you do know why you're feeling that, you do know why you're experiencing that, you got to ask yourself, is this true? So maybe it's, oh, I'm feeling sad because so because the guy that I'm talking to bailed on me. Maybe it's something like that. Or I'm feeling I'm 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 feeling just uncomfortable because I'm not getting proof of of what it is that I'm working on. I'm not getting results fast enough, so I'm I'm not happy. So first things first is is this true? You know? And ask yourself, is this true? Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, is there proof that this is true? How do you know that it's true? And this is where we get to question everything. This is where we get to be curious about our own emotional state. And at that point, ask, how do I want to feel instead right now? If you know what you don't want, it's so fucking valuable, okay? Because if you know what you don't want, you can identify what it is that you do want. And so no, it's called clarity through contrast. If you are feeling unsatisfied with something, describe it to a T. Oh, I'm not feeling comfortable because I don't like this, this, and this. Write it out. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. And then go through one at a time. You know, for instance, like I don't want to be, I don't want to be overweight. What do you want instead? I want to feel healthy. I want to feel strong. I want, you know, you can say I want to lose weight if you, but to be honest, I don't feel like that's empowering either. You can want to lose weight, but why? Because you want to feel healthy. You want to feel strong. You want to feel good in your body. My God, my nose is all stuffy. So going through each thing you don't want to identify what it is that you do want. Okay. 
It's so important because if you are fixated on all the shit that you don't want, you're going to create more of it. You're going to get more of it. It's universal law of attraction. It always happens no matter what. Even if you don't believe in it, uh, test it, try it. Focus on something that you truly want. Focus on, focus on, and this is the difference. You have to be able to believe it, right? Because you can focus on something, but if in the back of your mind, in that subconscious part of your mind, you're like laughing and making fun of it, it's not going to fucking work. You have to believe it. So that's why scaling up on the emotional scale, you can use mantras, you can use affirmations, but only if they feel true in your mind, body, and spirit. Because if you're walking around saying, you know, um, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, but you're not, and your, your consciousness knows that's not true, it's going to feel worse, and it's actually going to heighten and strengthen all of the issues you're having around money. But if you're focused on being in the... So this is the way that I like to use mantras to make it uh, a little bit more adaptable, is saying... I'm in the process of. So maybe you're not making the money you want to make yet, but are you in the process of doing it? And if that feels true, let that be your mantra. Flood your mind with that statement. I'm in the process of making new friends. I'm in the process of attracting a mate. I'm in the process of making a fuck ton of money. I'm in the process of opening my heart. I'm in the process of... I'm in the process of feeling strong and healthy. You know, I'm in the process of letting go of weight I no longer need. Um, Another one that's very powerful is I've decided that. And make sure that these mantras feel true to you. I've decided that. I've decided that I'm only surrounding myself with people that I love. So what does that look like? That would look like me saying no to people that I don't feel good around. And friends, you know who you feel good around and who you don't feel good around. It's okay for relationships to expire. And I know that sounds so fucking harsh, but hear me out. Just because a relationship expires, meaning Maybe you used to get along with them really well and it used to be amazing, but now you're noticing who you're becoming, who they're becoming, doesn't even feel like a match. If it's a close friend, if it's a platonic friend, it's not like a romantic relationship. Hi, Dina. I just love you too. If it's a platonic relationship and it's a friendship, before you decide, oh, this relationship's expired, F you, before you do that, question, you know, What makes you think this has expired? You know, why, right? And this is that same process we just talked about. You know, if you say, oh, well, it's because they don't like me or they are so mean or they are selfish. Stop and ask, is this true? And if the mind and the ego says, hell yeah, it's true. Next question, do I have proof? Do I have proof that this is true? Have Are these words that have come out of that person's mouth? Or is this a projection of my own insecurity because I so badly want to be understood that it's easier to cut someone else out versus potentially get hurt? Think of it as like a wound that's open. If someone is poking their wound, 
they're going to come over and start poking your wound. So it just becomes this, this ripple effect of, of hurting each other when our only intention is to love each other. It's our wounded inner child that is saying, ah, you don't want to play with me? Then I don't want to play with you. <laughs> and so ask yourself, before you cut people out, ask yourself, you know, am I willing to love them anyways? Because I can tell you right now, there's girls in my girl gang that there were times that I wanted to cut them out. And the reason why is I was trying to avoid getting hurt emotionally. And so my ego told me it's easier to cut someone out instead of work it out. Instead of be patient, instead of love them from afar, instead of send them good vibes and know the more you can tolerate, love, and accept them is a reflection of the tolerance, love, and acceptance that you're creating for yourself, babe. I'm serious. I've learned so much through people that I once classified as being against me or people that were like not on my team. What's up, Sam? Oh, Sam, I announced the Costa Rica retreat earlier, May 25th to the 30th. I hope that you can come. I know you had some stuff going on. Um, but anyways, the more that you're able to like love and accept the people that are complete assholes, the more you're able to love and accept the part of yourself that you would classify as an asshole. I feel like we all have an inner asshole. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. It's kind of funny, but we all have like this inner side of us that we don't like, or that is not our favorite part of ourselves or the self-sabotaging part. Like I have this like lazy hippie stoner version of myself that I have to send love to all the time whenever she tries to take the wheel. And normally she only comes out when I'm getting afraid, when I'm getting scared of my growth. And so I have to be aware of, Ooh, is that side of me trying to come out? How can I send love to that side of me? Because if I have like, I do, I have this like lazy hippie stoner side of me that is like a lower vibration of me. It's not truly me. So naturally, if I meet other people that I would say, oh, you're kind of lazy, you're kind of a stoner, you're kind of this, you're kind of that. I used to be like reject people like that or reject friends like that because I wasn't able to have love for myself for that side of me. Does that make sense? So if you meet people that are a mirror for a side of you that you don't like, your ego's gonna try and push them away the same way that you're rejecting and pushing that side of you away. So if you can notice the things that trigger you where it's like, hey, that person really pushes my buttons. Ooh, then that person is a perfect person to help you grow into that next stage of whatever's next for you. We will learn the most from the assholes around us. Okay. And it doesn't mean you have to be friends with them. Obviously, if it's someone that you don't want to be friends with, you don't have to be friends with them, but at least make peace in your mind and don't keep arguing with them mentally. Right. Put a two in the comment box if you've ever replayed an argument in your head over and over and over again so it feels like you're still in a fight with them even though you haven't talked to them in forever. I'm going to put a fucking two in the box because I've done that, especially with guys that I've dated in the past. I'll replay the comment with or a conversation with them because I wanted to do something different where I'm like, oh, I wish I would have said it like this or oh, what if I would have said it like this? Would they not have rejected me or would it maybe it have worked out? You know, we go through these things in our head of like, well, what if, well, what if it could have been better if I would have done something differently? And I want to invite you to just not go down that path at all. So, so 
I was doing it yesterday where I was thinking about a past relationship where I was like, oh man, that was a really happy memory. A song came on the radio. It reminded me of a happy memory with that guy. And then all of a sudden I was thinking, well, what if it would have worked out? When did it go wrong? And I invite you to stop that shit right in its tracks and be like, no, girl, we're not going there. We're not doing that right now because there's so much to be grateful for in this moment. And that scenario happened to teach me something. What did I learn? What did I learn? And bring it back. Ask yourself, what did I learn in that again? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Let that highest self part of you like have a voice. I feel like we always look for a way to find fault in ourselves. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Joanne, like you're a very empathetic, loving person. I know actually every single one of you guys watching right now, Kayla, Dina, Joanne, like Kim, Sam, like I know each of you guys and there's such a deep love that you have for people. And even if someone's feeling kind of weird or awkward, you can pick up on that and be like accommodating to be flexible to fit. And I'm only saying this all in detail because I'm the same way. And so when you know how to reach people in a certain way, you, we not, there's just like a need to be understood a need to be loved. And so since you are committed to growth, right, you're watching this video right now because you want to learn something. You want to grow. You want to love yourself better. You want to just be the best version of yourself. And that's, that's the train we're on baby. But being a part of that is self-awareness and self-awareness can be a tricky little bitch because it's easy to notice the things that we can do better and then criticize. But instead of noticing the things you can do better and then criticizing, I invite you to be curious. Channel that inner child. You would never yell at the child version of you for learning to walk, right? If you were to meet a little two-year-old trying to walk, you wouldn't be like, hey, get up, dummy. Why do you keep falling? Don't you see all of us walking around? Figure it out. We would never talk to a little kid like that. We'd be like, good job. Oh, good job. Oh, don't fall. You got to get up again. Try again. Try again. Try again. And so we get to have that same level of compassion and self-love and understanding for yourself when you're going through changes and growth and trying new things. What's up, Wayne? So when you are in that growth mindset, because a fixed mindset is shit's not going to change. That's just how it is. Other people are lucky. These are the cards that I drew. So fucking limiting. Other perspective growth mindset is I can learn new things. Things are available to me. Opportunities are available to me. I'm committed and I'm willing to create a life that I love. Growth mindset. You're willing to learn. And so whenever we're willing to learn and we're willing to reflect because growth can't happen without reflection. Most of the time, like the reflection is when we learn the lessons because when we're in the moment, we're in the emotions of it all it's easy to just have like a fog layer. And then like maybe a couple days later, being able to look back, maybe months later, maybe years later. But we gain so much insight about how far we've grown when we stop to reflect. And here's the tricky part. When you start to reflect, you will notice gaps. And what I mean by this is you'll notice, oh, that's where I was. That's where I wanted to be. Oh, that substance was in the gap. Oh, my codependency was in the gap. Oh, my need to be right was in the gap. Whatever was in the gap, that information, just notice it, acknowledge it, and then move on. So if you notice, oh, I was totally, like, I'll use my, myself for example. 
Um, like earlier in the month, I felt myself wanting to shut down a little bit. And I was letting some of my emotions get in the way of who I actually am. I was getting down on myself and I was beating myself up for not doing things good enough. And so I noticed, oh my gosh, I'm, I was self-sabotaging. I was totally sabotaging. Instead of beating myself up for it, I give myself love and compassion. Okay. That happened. I forgive myself because the other option is not forgiving myself. And that's not serving me. That's not going to get me to the next step. That's not going to help me grow. That's not going to help me let it go. When you forgive yourself for it, you're able to let it go, whatever that is. Um, and notice if you're willing to forgive other people easily, why aren't you willing to forgive yourself easily? Or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you don't forgive other people easily. And that's just in a continued reflection of you not forgiving yourself. Everyone's a mirror for us. We have so much to learn from the people that drive us crazy. Yeah. So although being hard on ourselves and noticing our flaws is an option, the other option is to take it all as lessons that you can either win or you can learn. If failure seems scary and just the idea of things not going out the way you want them to feels scary, A, I invite you to let go of expectations because you guys ready for this? Grab a motherfucking pen and write this down because it's really good, okay? Oh, what's up, Carter? How's it going? So um, expectations. So you ready for this? Kayla, you love this one. You already know this one by heart. Expectations are the breeding grounds for resentment. Expectations are the breeding grounds for resentment. If you create really high expectations for yourself... Versus, versus not having expectations, you know? And that's really hard. It's an ongoing practice. It's an ongoing muscle. It's not like, check, expectations gone. No, it's, it's, it's ongoing. Just like if you were to go to the gym, like Wayne, Carter, like you guys work out. If you go to the gym once, you're not going to be fit, right? No, we got to go to the gym consistently to maintain that, ha- that, that, that level of health. The, the same exact thing goes for our mind, you know? We have to continuously release expectations. And this is the part that you do get to control. Because I wouldn't let you be completely out of control, babe. I hear your voice saying this in my head all the time. Hell yeah. Expectations are the breeding grounds for the resentment. What you can have and what will empower you and serve you to have is a commitment for who you want to be. So, for example... You know, like this year, something I'm committed to, I'm committed to creating amazing experiences uh, for self-love and empowerment through coaching, through retreats, through so many different things, through my podcast, through fucking live videos, just like this. And so I'm committed to being confident, to being expressive, to being creative. Like I'm committed to that, but I'm not going to set up expectations for what I want the outcome to be. I'm going to set goals. I'm going to set aims. I'm going to set directions, but I'm not going to have expectations because I want you to think of it like this. If you are sitting at, um, if you're doing something and you're like, give it to me, give it to me, give it to me. You're asking for things from people. What's up, Christian? Good to see you. What's up, Ruben? Dang. Got my Guate friends, my Costa Rica friends on here. So think of this as an analogy. If you're a visual person, 
which I am. I need like visuals for everything. If your fist is closed tight, it's clenched, it's clenched, it's clenched. It might even start hurting. <gasps> Look at those lines. It's literally impossible to receive if your fists are clenched shut. And oftentimes, if you have expectations that are so high on yourself, it's going to feel paralyzing to try and move forward because your ego has created a view of what it's supposed to look like and what it should look like. And that's a fucking box. It's boxing you in. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like an illusion. Okay. So you don't, you, you can have an idea and this is when visualization comes in, right? It's not releasing expectations and just being passive. No, you have a commitment to who you want to be, how you want to show up and you can have a commitment to what it is that you want to create, but you're not going to attach your self-worth with the expectation of that, right? Because if things don't go as planned, then we shift and we reroute and we re commit and we renegotiate our goals and we stay committed to who we want to be. But you don't have to have expectations and closed fists because then it makes it really hard for the universe to, to give to you. It makes it really difficult for, for things to go even better as planned because in order for it to go even better than planned, you have to let go of the expectation of what you want the plan to be. Give me some hearts if this resonates with you. Like, I love seeing the little hearts go up on the side. Like, give me some hearts. Something that's been coming up. So, like, those are questions of things that have been coming up on Instagram is, is how to start traveling, how not to care what other people think, um, and how not to be so hard on ourselves. you know? Yes, I'm loving these hearts. My hair's kind of crazy right now. Um... And know that being hard on yourself is a habit. And that's what's cool is that's why I love like coaching, being able to recreate and, and, and reprogram these mental and emotional habits. You have a habit of being hard on yourself. You have a habit of procrastinating. You are not a procrastinator. You have a habit of arguing. You are not an argumentative person. We can always change and learn new things. Like you can't unlearn anything, but you can learn new things. Amen to that, right? There are new things that are always available for us to learn. I kind of forgot that this is also a podcast episode. If you guys uh, want to check out my podcast, Joyfully You, I'll comment in here. Joyfully You podcast is the name and um, every Wednesday, a new episode drops. And so if you follow the episode, and by the way, that's like something new that I'm committing to, to you guys, Joyfully You Podcast, is having a weekly um, schedule that allows for you guys to check out the podcast. So every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific is when you will be able to check out new episodes. So you guys can look forward to it and like know when it's going to come out. Um, and you know, that's a part of like creating the structure. Like, so another like example with the whole not having expectations thing is, you know, I'm committed to an episode every Wednesday morning. I am not going to hold the expectation that every Wednesday needs to be the best, most amazing fucking epic episode in the world. That's always my intention. Duh. But my ego 
will try and find, oh, well, it could have been better. It could have been better. And I'm just like not willing to go down that mental train of thought because my goal is to create a podcast episode. The form in which it takes place is not like my worry. My commitment is to create. My commitment is to produce, but I'm not going to be attached to how it looks. Sometimes those episodes might be an hour. Sometimes those episodes might be 30 minutes. It comes down, honestly, I'm just going to ask you guys what you prefer and then adapt that way. You know, some people like longer, some people like shorter. It's all a part of the process. And so whatever process you are in right now in your life, your goals that you're creating, you know, the intentions that you're setting, the direction that you're going towards within your own life, the self-love you're cultivating, be willing to forgive fast and fail fast. I heard that the other day. I love it so much. Fail fast. Because if you're failing fast, that means that you are succeeding fast as well. Because each time you fail, that means that you've tried. That means that you've gone forward. If you're not failing and you're not succeeding, that means you're stagnant. And so the faster that you fail, the faster you move forward and the faster that you're getting successes that you want. So know know that there's no like right time. Nothing's ever going to feel perfectly ready or perfectly aligned or perfectly in place because perfect is an illusion. Ready is a lie. Things are ready when you're ready to step forward, even if your voice is trembling, your hands are shaking, or if you're like me and you got calamity hands. <laughs> Whenever I'm nervous, my hands get so sweaty. It's so embarrassing. So, ah, well, I love you guys all so much. And, you know, if this video supported you, share it. If you know someone that needs to hear it, share it. If you guys are listening right now on the podcast, I'm actually doing a full-on episode. If you guys are listening to the podcast, screenshot this shit and tag me on Instagram because I love resharing it. So I'm here. This is my home in Visalia, California. And you guys, I'm out. January 31st is my last day in this house. I've lived here for two and a half years. And I am selling and getting rid of 90% of my belongings. I'm selling my car. I might actually keep my car. I'm not sure yet. I got to decide if I want to sell it or not. Um, Because I'm still going to be coming home and coming around California. But pretty much doing everything I'm doing now, just going to be doing it in Mexico for a little bit. Ah! So I love you guys so much. And you can do it, whatever it is. Know that energy can be moved. Any emotion that you're in that maybe is uncomfortable can be shifted. And any emotion you're in that is really well, and if you're really enjoying things that are happening in your life, just enjoy it. Give gratitude to it. Share with people why you're grateful for it. Share with yourself and know that you prioritizing your happiness is supporting everyone else around you. You living your life like the way you want to is empowering everyone else around you, even if everyone else around you like has something negative to say about it. (laughs) Because when you change and you start to evolve and you want to better yourself, it makes everyone else around you question themselves because their identity is entangled and wrapped up in who you are, right? We're all a mirror for each other. We're all a reflection of each other. So if you start doing things that are kind of scary and following your dreams, other people are going to notice like how they're not following their dreams. And any type of fear or insecurity they have about their own dreams, they're going to start sharing with you. 
they're going to project their fears onto you. And your job is to just say, thank you for your opinion, but I'm still doing me. Thank you for your unasked for advice. (laughs) You can say that too. Thank you so much for giving me advice I didn't ask for. (laughs) You are very uplifting and positive. Thanks. I needed it today. Oh, girl, you're so welcome. And if you guys are in Central Valley, Joanne, I know you're in LA. Kayla, you're in San Diego. But January 30th, January 30th is the next Visalia Toxin Wine. And it's in Visalia, <laughs> um, but it's all on mindfulness and it's going to be really, really good. And so that's the cool thing. Yes, I'm going to be traveling around the world this next year and working remotely, but I'm coming home to Visalia every quarter to share Visalia Toxin Wine with the community and to get other local experts on stage. So I'm going to be the host for this coming Visalia Toxin Wine. And I'm also going to be having a VIP mixer um, right before Visalia Toxin Wine. So from five to six is a VIP mixer um, that there's going to be only 20 people. Me, 20 people, a bunch of wine and a bunch of food, baby. It's the pre-party before Visalia Toxin Wine starts. So you'll be seeing on there uh, tomorrow, all the tickets are going to go on sale. There's actually early bird tickets, um, early bird tickets, VIP tickets, and then the regular tickets. So that is all going to be on sale tomorrow. We'll be posting information about it later today. So if you guys want to come hang out with me and meet me, meet with me before I leave, I'd love to see you there. Or if you just want to come attend Visalia Talks and Wine, the topic is mindfulness. And so we have three amazing speakers, actually another woman who's a self-love coach. Um, we have a man who is a behavioral cognitive, a cognitive behavioral therapist, and then also a incredible woman that does kinetic hypnotherapy and she really like she teaches mindfulness all over Central Valley. So if you're wanting an introduction to what the heck mindfulness is, what everyone's talking about, talk a little bit about meditation, talking a little bit about um, empowerment. Like every single time I have this event, I'm blown away because it is so, for one, it's so fun because I love getting a bunch of people together that are like-minded because the energy in the room is freaking electric. But also the, the one of my favorite parts of the event has turned into the Q&A. So there's a Q&A at the end and anyone can come up and ask any question or be able to say a statement and being able to have an open dialogue with people here in the community, here in Visalia, um, is really cool. Conversation that starts, someone will ask a question and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know I needed that. And so that's the cool thing is even if you don't ask a question, someone will ask a question that you were thinking about and didn't even realize. So, all right, guys, I need to go blow my nose because I got allergies. (laughs) I love you guys so much. And uh, I will be going live a lot, like letting you guys know what this process and transition is, because I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of nervous about selling my stuff because there's certain things that um, I like but I also know I don't love and they don't bring me joy. And so I gotta learn the Marie Kondo method of letting things go, (laughs) but I know it'll all be worth it. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. If you guys like this episode, if you know someone that needs to hear it, send it to them. If you've never left me a review and you really enjoy the podcast, 
it helps my mission so much. Like my mission is to empower people to love and lead. And so if you're enjoying it, give me some five stars, girl or guy, give me some five stars. Um, leave a comment. I don't think the five stars actually does anything unless you leave a comment. So write why you like that. It helps me so much. Um, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Somebody. Somebody.